Production, and welcome to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two best friends with very different tastes in TV shows make each other watch the pilot episodes of our favorite shows in the hopes that the other person will have an epiphany and start to like something that they normally wouldn't. My name is Jessica, and I usually only watch live-action dramas. My name is Natasha, and I usually only watch cartoon shows. And this week, we are watching Kevin Can Fuck Himself, which is a drama that is shot half as, like, an old-style sitcom and half as, like, a gritty AMC (laughs) drama. It's on AMC, which doesn't help anyone, because... AMC has very wild styles sometimes. <laughs> I have no context for what AMC style shows are, but I believe you. It has this dark, gritty feeling that I feel like is almost more Showtime or HBO to it when it does that change, and I think it's because it's trying to make that juxtaposition very, very clear. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I want to say anything else. Uh, Natasha, did you know anything about the show going into it? Uh, literally all I knew was what you had said about it. So before we, like, when when we were deciding what to watch, um, you asked me if I wanted a show that was filmed weirdly, or, like, you gave me, like, three options, and one of them was, yeah. like, show that shot weirdly, and I said that. So I knew it was shot weirdly, um, or interestingly, or whatever you said, and I knew that you said it was, like, a, a drama that was shot like a sitcom, I think is what you said. Yeah. And that's literally all I knew. I had never, ever heard of this show before. Didn't know it existed, knew nothing about it except what you had said about it. And in fact, I'd never even heard you talk about it until you told me to watch it for this episode. Like, zero context. So no, I knew nothing about it. Yeah, I actually watched the show for the first time not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And it's only currently in season two. So I think it aired, like, last year. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing about it is even if you were tuned into, like, drama circles the main thing you would have heard about it is how it is shot. Mm -hmm. Going into it, I had pretty much no clue what the actual plot of the show was going to be. I just knew that the concept was that when Kevin is on screen, the show is shot like a sitcom. Mm -hmm. And when he is not, everything fucking sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't even so, need to do my summary now. That's basically it. That's it. We're done. That's what happens in the first episode. I do feel like this first episode is very focused on setting that up more mm. than it is focused on, like, a plot or anything. Like, it is mm-hmm. trying to show you how they're going to do the show. Yeah, I do. I do have some notes about that. But anyways, the main reason I wanted to talk about that is because I think this is really cool, and I think Mm -hmm. because we were both writing majors and we both went through, like, screenplay writing, that we can have a very interesting conversation on that. Yes, I I agree. I, this is kind of spoilers for what I'm going to say in the rest of this episode, but I, I loved how this was shot. I thought this was such a cool show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm glad. I will let you jump into it then. Okay. So, like Jesse said, um, you, this is a show that starts out, like, right from the top, first scene, it's, it's like, such a sitcom. And I don't even really, like, watch sitcoms, but, like, I know what a sitcom is. And it's, like, the music, the camera angle, the way people talk, the laugh track. It is, like, peak sitcom. Like, like to the point that it's kind of parodying a sitcom. 
Oh, yeah. It even has, like, the lighting and the coloring <laughs> of, like, even more of a Disney sitcom. It's mm-hmm. so bright. Yes, it's very bright. It's, like, to the point that, like, even though I remember that you said that this was, the concept was, like, a drama shot, like a sitcom, this was so sitcom that I almost thought that, like, the screen was going to pull away and this was going to be a show that the characters were watching <laughs> on TV or something. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah. So it the con like the first scene. Also, I watched the first scene for like two minutes and then I had to go back and watch it with subtitles because, like a sitcom, the dialogue was some coming so quickly. People were being so quippy that like I was having a hard time keeping track of like what people were saying and who was who. Um, That's valid for just the beginning. Then then it wasn't too bad. But and I, I think the idea for that first scene too is like it doesn't really matter who's who. You only need to get the vibe of like it's a sitcom. Um, so the characters in that first scene, there's a guy named Kevin, who's kind of like a regular frumpy dude, um, <laughs> and he's playing beer pong with this guy called Neil. At first I thought that Neil was his brother, but then I realized Neil's his neighbor, and then Neil's sister named Patty is also there, and then yes. Kevin's dad is there. At first I thought they were all related, but it's Kevin and his dad, their neighbor Neil, and Neil's sister. They're like the four people in the sitcom scene. They're playing beer pong. They're all being jokesters. Um, And then Kevin's wife comes in and her name is Allison. And she's kind of like the typical sitcom wife who's like, oh, Kevin, you're being so childish. And he's like, haha, we're going to throw our anniversary party and it's going to be a rager. And I know you secretly love our anniversary ragers. And she's like, oh, Kevin, we're like 35 now. We should have a grown up anniversary. <laughs> and he's and he's like, no, 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 you get to plan our rager. It'll be great. And she's like, well, I do love planning a party. <laughs> and like, peak sitcom. <laughs> very sitcom yeah also as soon as she walked into the room i was like this actress looks so familiar who is she and then i looked it up after and she plays the sister in schitt's creek yeah is who is who she is um and i've only watched a little bit of schitt's creek but like i I like the bits that i've watched and she is really good in that and she's good in this too but she obviously plays a very different character if you've ever watched schitt's creek in schitt's creek she's like the weird, silly, ditzy kind of sister. And in this one, she's like, well, in the sitcom scenes, she's like the annoying, boring wife. In the other scenes, she's slightly different. You'll see. Um, At first, I also thought that just because, like, when she walks into the room, Neil calls her mom. And, like, after a minute, you realize it's like he's saying, like, oh, she's such a mom because she's, like, ruining our fun. But at first, I did think the premise was going to be that... She was married to like the to the old guy in the room, which is Kevin's dad, and that Neil was like her stepson who was like the same age as her or something. I, like, I I'm so with you. The family dynamic in the first scene is like it was hard to keep track. I actually thought she was married to Kevin, but that Neil was their son because <laughs> There are a couple, like, much older sitcoms Mm -hmm. where teenagers, and, like, teenagers are often played by adults, but in older sitcoms, they tend to hire people who, like, don't even, like, sort of look younger (laughs) than the parents. So I kind of straight up thought Neil was going to be their son, and Mm -hmm. I thought Patty was, like, his girlfriend or his wife, Uh and that that was the concept of the show. Yeah, I know. That first scene, it's a little hard to parse what the family dynamics are, but you figure it out pretty quickly and it's not that important. But yeah, I was like, who's who in this scene? (laughs) 
I wonder if that's even on purpose because it almost has a very married with children vibe mm. and married with children has this very weird vibe of like everyone in their house is probably related to them. Yeah. I also thought that they all lived together at first. Yeah, me but too. But it turns out that Neil and Patty <laughs> live next door and Kevin's dad, I assume, lives in his own house somewhere else. But I think so. It's just always over at their house. Um so anyways, we get this sitcom scene. It's very cheesy sitcom. Um, Allison is being all like, oh, my husband and his friends are so childish, whatever. And then she leaves the room. And as soon as she leaves the room, she leaves the living room and walks into the kitchen. The scene changes dramatically. When she's in the, the living room, it's all shot from the same angle. It's all very sitcom. And then we get to the kitchen and it's like straight up like a horror movie. The like <laughs> colors are dim. The expression on her face goes from like cheerful to like she's barely keeping it together. She's about to have like a breakdown. She's holding a, a mug, like a glass mug that Kevin asked her to like get some beer for him and she like smashes it down on the counter and there's a huge gash in her hand that's bleeding from the the glass and like the music is like ominous and you can tell she's like about to snap but she just like reels it in she's like no I'm fine everything's fine um which was a really cool cut like even though you had said that the concept was like a a drama shot like a sitcom I didn't know there was going to be that like change like I thought mm-hmm. it, the whole thing was gonna be shot like a sitcom but you were just gonna start to realize like plot wise that it was a drama but like that that cut was so good so well done and then it cuts I think then it cuts to the title right away I think so yeah and the title is like really like the music is ominous and like the title is Kevin can fuck himself which is kind of a funny title but the way it's presented with that scene of her like about to break down like doesn't make it seem funny it makes it seem really ominous it's also that the laugh track is playing over it, and the laugh track mm-hmm. sounds so creepy and disturbing. I love the title cut in this show, like, every single time, because I feel like it's the perfect mix of the two shot types, mm-hmm. because you just have that laugh track going over this title, and it's it's so creepy. Yeah, it's so well done. Like, that, as soon as that happened, I was like, this is so good. (laughs) It's so good. And I also, I think the set in this is really cool because the kitchen set especially, I feel like, really hits the nail on the head between being this, like, creepy, shitty little house Mm -hmm. set when you're in like Allison's point of view Mm -hmm. because it's dark the wallpaper's old however the heck this kitchen is built is (laughs) stupid Mm -hmm. and then when you see it in sitcom it's bright it's cheery it's yellow it's got the greens it looks like the kitchen set in a Disney Channel show Mm. And it's so clearly the exact same place in the other shot. And I love that so much. Like, the set designers for the show deserve an award. Yeah, I absolutely agree. They they did such a good job with all the sets. Because the same thing is true for the living room, sort of. But yeah. very much for the kitchen. Yeah, that, like, depending on the point of view and the way it's shot, completely different vibe. Like, yeah, yeah. So good. And, like, also... The camera angle they use, because when it's in sitcom mode, it's this, like, it's always the same angle, like, straight forward, and you see the table, and you see the kitchen behind it, and everything is, like, 
evenly shot, whatever. And then when it's her point of view, it's almost like not quite a low angle, but like it's a very different angle of the kitchen. And like, it's just, it's such a masterclass in like how sitcoms versus dramas are shot and how that influences your perception of the scene. It really is. I really love it. Mm hmm. So we get that title intro and stuff, and then uh, it goes back to sitcom mode. It's, like, the next morning, and uh, basically we get, like, a little scene between her and Kevin where they're talking about the anniversary that's coming up, and she's talking about how she wants to, like, have some change, and they're, like, they've been married for 10 years, and isn't it time? I can't remember if she mentions moving here, or she mentions it later in the episode, but she's, at some point, she's talking about how she wants them to move to a new house, and, and you know, start, like, living their grown-up life and whatever. And he's like, oh, like, we don't need change. Everything's fine the way it is. We're just going to do our regular anniversary. And that's kind of the theme throughout the episode. Um, So they have that little scene. And it's very, like, quippy. And there's even, like, a few lines that are kind of funny. Like, if it was actually a sitcom, I would be like, oh, like, that was funny. Like, it is, like, quippy dialogue. But then as soon as Kevin leaves the room, it's, like, right back to that, like, horror movie mode. And she's, like, just barely holding it together. Um, And what was really cool in the scene um, was when it's her and Kevin and the lighting is really bright and everything's colorful. um, Everything seems normal. And then as soon as he leaves the room and the lighting also changes to be more, like, I say horror movie. It's, like, somewhere between horror movie and, like, a, a gritty drama. It's, like, you know what I mean? It's, like, the really gritty dramas. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of a good example for people listening to this. If you haven't seen this show, it's, like, if you were watching... Almost, like, if you were watching... Like, True Blood's a bad example. That's not even what I'm thinking. I'm thinking (laughs) True Detective. Um, I'll think of something. Keep going. Yeah, But if you can imagine, yeah, like, a gritty show that's, like, more dimly lit and everything's, like, less saturated and whatever, like, that kind of coloring and look it's almost like the really gruesome cop dramas like not Mm -hmm. your normal cop dramas like csi that kind of stuff is fine Mm -hmm. but the like really gritty ones where you feel like you're gonna be sick that's Mm -hmm. how this is lighted yeah and it's cool because as soon as it goes to that lighting and that angle you see that she has like a huge like bandage on her hand from where she Mm -hmm. sliced it with the glass to the point that i was like did she not have that bandage on in the in the previous scene, in the sitcom scene? And I rewound it and paid attention. And the band-aid was there. But between, like, the camera didn't focus on it and the lighting was different. So the bandage looked closer to the color of her skin and stuff. And so you don't notice it. Like, it just... I didn't yeah. notice it at all. And then as soon as it cuts to, like, the her point of view mode, it's super obvious. And it's, like, this... Such a cool, like, visual trick of, like not drawing your eye to, like, this reminder of how she had, like, broken the glass and cut herself, and then as soon as it's her point of view, you, like, notice it again? Yeah. I thought that was so good. Um, so, yeah, you see she has that bandage, and you see, like, she was joking around with her husband because he wasn't putting the, his, like, coffee mug on a coaster, and they have this whole thing about the coffee table, and she's like, it's a nice (laughs) coffee table, it's from Pottery Barn, don't ruin it, and he's like, it's not from Pottery Barn, it's from Goodwill, and that's, like, a running gag in the episode. Um, But she, like, rushes to, like, put something under the mug and clean the coffee table. And, like, it's just such a different vibe. Um, And then what's interesting is that I almost feel like the show has three different modes. Because as soon as she leaves the house, it's definitely not sitcom. But it's not quite as gritty as when she's, like, in the house about to snap. It's, like, more of just, like, a regular drama show. Like, the music is, like... 
a little bit cheerful, not like sitcom cheerful, but not as like fucking ominous as when she's like in the house about to have a mental breakdown. And you see her like going to work and her day is kind of shitty and she like rips her sweater and she goes to like a, a makeup store and asks them for lipstick. But then she realizes she has like donut dust around her mouth and she's like embarrassed. And it's kind of like she's just having like a really shitty day, but it's not quite as like ominous yeah, that's as fair. when she's in the house, which I thought was really interesting that like there's like her fully trying to like be this like the wife she is with Kevin in like sitcom mode. And then there's kind of her outside the oppressiveness of the house, still not having a great life, but things aren't quite as dire. And then there's like horror movie vibes when like things are really bad. Um, so we see like the shitty town they live in. Um, and oh, and at one point she talks to a real estate agent about like briefly about how she wants to buy a new house, but then she accidentally like punches him. <laughs> and then it's just like, nothing is going right for her. Um, and she goes, she works at a liquor store. So she goes to work and she's talking to her coworker and she, it's a really interesting conversation between her and her coworker about like, she's talking about her husband and being like, yeah, our anniversary is coming up. And like, um, I bought him a watch or something. And then the coworker is like, Oh, what did he get for you? And she's like, Oh, I don't know. Like he told me to tell him what to get. And then the coworker is like, he's such a good husband, you know, like you should never <laughs> men guess the fact that he just wants to, you know, you, you get to tell him what you want. That's so great. And, and whatever. And then like, uh, I can't remember. She says something else like about Kevin, and I think she says, like, you're so lucky or mm-hmm. something. She says something to the effect of, like, Kevin is a good husband. You have a good situation. Exactly. Like, it, and I can't remember exactly because she said the thing about the present. And then Allison says something else about Kevin. Like, maybe just something about, like, they're going to have their anniversary party or something. And, yeah, mm-hmm. the coworker, who's another woman with a husband who's maybe a little bit older than her, is, like, yeah, like, like saying, like, oh, Kevin's such a great husband. You're so lucky. And it's such an interesting, like, dichotomy of, like, we can see that Kevin's not a great husband and that Allison is, like, on the verge of having a breakdown about this. Yeah. But then, like, her co-worker's perception of of Allison's situation is being, like, great. Like, your life is great. You have a husband. He's celebrating your anniversary. He wants to get you what you want for your anniversary. And, like, yeah. in a way, I can see how that's, like, pretty good. But also you can see how it's not great. It's, like... They highlight that so well. I think it's a very good... It's a very good way to see that also they're just, like, very different people, too. Because I Mm -hmm. think there are people who are like, I would prefer to tell you what to get me, Mm -hmm. right? I know what I want. Here's a list. And then there are people who think, like, your partner should know you well enough to be able to get you a gift that Mm -hmm. reflects what you want. And obviously, Allison wants the second type of person, But her boss is like, no, the first pipe person is great. And it's also that, like, small town thing of, like, Allison hates her life and she Mm -hmm. hates her husband because he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) To that point, the thing about Kevin, at least in this episode, could change. The only thing that's really bad about him is he cannot read the room that Allison is unhappy. But he doesn't really do anything bad. He's just kind of, like, living his life, and he thinks that, like, hey, we're celebrating our anniversary. Hey, she loves planning parties. Hey, I I told her what I want for my present. She could tell me what she wants. Like, 
he's just being incredibly obtuse about how she feels. Yeah. But like, for the right person, he wouldn't be a bad husband necessarily. So I think that is interesting too. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Kevin, that's the thing about Kevin. Kevin is the classic sitcom husband. Mm -hmm. And if this show was only in sitcom mode, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't think he's a bad husband Mm -hmm. because he's the same husband you have in Everybody Loves Raymond. He's the King of Queens husband. He is the quintessential sitcom husband. Mm -hmm. He's not supposed to be a bad person. He's Mm -hmm. just a little clueless. Yeah. And... I think that's great. And that's like, that's the small town vibe because Allison's coworker, you learn a bit more about her husband. Her husband actually sucks shit. Mm-hmm. Like, to her, Allison has a good life. Like, that is the life in this town. You have a job, you have a husband, he has a job, he doesn't beat you, he's not doing drugs, he's not gonna leave you. This is a good life. Yeah, yeah. It's such a good. Yeah, you said it. Like, it, it's really cool dichotomy and, like, look at the different sides of that idea. And there's also, I don't remember exactly when this scene comes. It's it's sometime around. I think she, there's a scene at work and then she goes home and she tells her husband that, like, so Allison tells Kevin, like, for our anniversary, I've decided that we're going to spend our savings and we're going to buy a new home and we're going to move into, like, a, a better new home. And then when she's talking about that, she's like, has this, like, fantasy image of them in their, like, new, better home which is, like, this, like, white, modern kitchen, and he's wearing a suit, and she's wearing kind of a 50s housewife (laughs) sort of look, and she's, like, pouring him a beer, but, like, they're all smiling and happy. And it's interesting that, like, even her ideal fantasy of, like, what their life is going to be like when it's better is still just kind of, like, she's the 50s housewife taking care of her husband, but now they're in a nicer kitchen with better clothes. Like, she can't even, like, break out of the, like, sitcom reality in her fantasy but it's just like a better version of it definitely but anyways that's her fantasy and so that's what she wants and then we get more kind of like sitcom shenanigans of them planning this anniversary party and uh she tells the neighbors that they're moving and uh there's a plot point it might be here it might come up later but there's a plot point at some point where uh, the husband's boss is going to come to the party and he's like, oh, my boss is so lame. He's going to ruin the p- vibe of the party. And he's all upset about it. We get a little bit of that. And then we go back to um, Allison's point of view. And uh, she goes to a diner, a new diner in town because she saw a flyer on the ground. This is the one part where I, I was slightly confused. And this might come up in future episodes, but like mm-hmm. she sees this flyer and she seems really like, invested in this new diner and I was like does she like know the people from the diner or does she just like diners or like why is she kind of like attached to this flyer and then she goes to the diner and it turns out that the guy who's running the diner is like a guy she knew from high school like 15 years ago and like very obviously she either had a crush or has a crush on him like she's kind of flustered and like oh like what are you doing back in town and they have kind of like not even a flirty moment but like a moment of kind of like reconnecting and like He's very obviously like, you know, Kevin represents the small town husband that she has. And this guy, Sam, represents like maybe what she could have had. And he moved away, but now he's come back because people always move back to the small town. And I wasn't sure if like it was a coincidence that she went to the diner or if like she knew somehow that Sam was going to be the one running the diner and she wanted to run into Sam. Yeah, I 
based on how the conversation with Sam goes, I don't feel that she knew it was Sam's diner. Mm -hmm. Especially the thing where she's like, oh, so you're Bev? And (laughs) he's like, yeah, people want to buy food from a white lady. I think... So I'm extrapolating a bit, and I don't think the show explains this very well. I think this is one of those pilot things that you're just kind of, you have to accept. Yeah. But I think what's happening when she picks up these flyers and she sees it's a flyer for a new diner is this, like, extension of the new house of, like, new things do not happen in this town. There's never Mm -hmm. a thing that makes it better. Mm-hmm. And I think to her, she even calls the diner bougie when she's mm-hmm. there, which it's it's not. It's a diner. It's huge, but it's not yeah. bougie by any mm-hmm. means. The back counter is a bit odd, but <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they have like an espresso machine. It is a bit weird, but mm-hmm. it's not bougie. Mm-hmm. So I think the idea is that, like, she sees this diner flyer, she's like, something new is going to come to town. This is going to make my life better the same way that moving to a new house would make her life better. It's these, Mm -hmm. like, little things she grasps onto. And then Kevin's like, we need meats. (laughs) (laughs) Stop saying meats. Um, That's one of my favorite cuts, actually. That's the thing. I feel like there are some moments in this where you genuinely are, like, laughing at the sitcom stuff. Yeah. And then you almost feel bad about it because you know how bad her sitcom life actually is. But you're like, this is a genuinely funny moment. It's very funny because you're in Allison's point of view. She's on the phone with Kevin and she's like, stop saying meats. Which, 100%, if your husband called you and just started saying meats, you'd be like, fuck off. And then it smash cuts to Kevin in sitcom mode going, meats! And it's just very funny, like, yes. like, that actor is so good at that role. Yeah. He has it. He does. Because if he didn't have it, he wouldn't be funny. But, like, no. he's on it. The, yeah, like, they, he manages to make Kevin almost endearing at times. And, like, he yeah. really shouldn't be. Like, there's the scene where they're in... I can't remember when this scene comes up, but there's a scene where they're in bed, like, getting ready for bed, and he's, like, putting lotion on his legs, and she's like, why are you doing that? And he's like, I want it to feel fancy. Yeah, he's like, women always do it in movies. It's like, he's good. I would not want to be married to him in any circumstance. I absolutely sympathize with her, but, like, he's funny. Yeah. And... Yeah. So anyways, I think the diner, I think she remembers the diner. She's like, I don't know why the fuck she thinks the diner would make a charcuterie board for her. That <laughs> that seems wrong to me. But yeah. maybe it's like the, the only place that she thinks would be fancy enough to have a charcuterie board. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, when she gets there, Sam does say, we have that on our catering menu. So apparently he does make charcuterie boards. Right. I wish they'd made this flyer a little different because I feel like the flyer, the very like old timey, like 50s mm-hmm. style of the flyer, like takes me out of the idea that this is a nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. But I also wonder if it's like supposed to be very connected to her 50s housewife fantasy. That's what I was going to say. I feel like there's something there with like, she wants something new, but also her idea of this idealized new thing is still this, like, old-timey 50s idea of what a good life is. Yeah, so I feel like the fact that that diner has the 50s vibe is, like, mm-hmm. it's trying to connect those ideas. I don't know if it quite manages it, mm-hmm. but I think that's what they're trying to do. 
Yeah. And I think that makes sense. I think I was just, like, slightly confused about whether she purposefully went to see Sam or not, but it doesn't really take away from the episode either way, so. No, I totally agree. It's a, it's, it's a little off. They're definitely trying to take advantage of the fact that it's the pilot episode mm-hmm. and they can do some weird things. Yeah. And it works to introduce that this guy, Sam, is here. He also does have a wife, because he's talking about him and his wife renovating a house. So you're also like, there's a possibility that something is going to happen between her and Sam. And you know that, like, they're both married. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But, like, that's set up in that conversation. Um, But yeah, so she goes to the diner. That happens. Then it's the night of the anniversary party. Um, The boss, Mr. Harrison, shows up. And the whole concept, like, Kevin's plan for the anniversary party is that um, he's going to have the real anniversary party rager in the backyard with all of his friends, and Allison is going to have a fake party in, like, the living room with just the boss, (laughs) her and the boss, uh, having a charcuterie board and stuff to, like, impress the boss while Kevin has the real party in the backyard. And she's like, fine, whatever, I love charcuterie boards or whatever. (laughs) And then when he gets there, Kevin and Neil and Patty are in the room, like, when Mr. Harrison arrives. And there's a moment, because uh, Kevin's trying to come up with a reason he needs to, like, leave the the fake yeah. party to go to the real party. And he's like, yeah, this is my neighbor, Neil. And Neil is like, yes, I am Kevin's neighbor and closest companion. Uh, and then... Uh, Kevin is like, oh, I need to go help him because his pipes. And Neil's like, uh, caught on fire. And they're like, <laughs> yep, his plumbing caught on fire. It happens more than you think. <laughs> and that was another one of those lines where I was like, this actually made me laugh. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> they do this sitcom thing of like, there's two different things going on very well. Mm-hmm. They have another mm-hmm. episode where Kevin has to be in two places at once later on. That's also very good. I feel like especially in that scene because they yeah. have that like funny like, oh, my pipes are on fire. And then Patty and Neil and Kevin all like run out of the room and it's all like shenanigans. And they have a sign on the door that's, that goes into the kitchen and then to the backyard. And there's a sign on the door that says door out of order. Like you think that <laughs> that'll stop the boss from going into the other room. And like, it's such a moment where you're like, if this was actually a sitcom, Neil and Patty and Kevin would be the main characters and they would be funny and you would be following them and like they would run out of the room and that would be what we would follow and there would be shenanigans and like and and you would enjoy it because that's what the story would be and it's just they do it really well but anyways we don't follow them because we stay with Allison and Dr. Harrison Dr. Harrison Mr. Harrison (laughs) he's not a doctor he's a cable guy um he has a PhD in cable (laughs) maybe I don't know his life uh so they're awkwardly sitting in the room with these charcuterie boards and, uh, like, Allison is like, do you have a mud room? <laughs> yup. And she's like, okay. And she's just sitting there in silence, just, like, thinking about her new house and what great life Mr. Harrison must have. Um, and then, oh, and then their house has cockroaches because their house is terrible and that's why she wants to move and she sees a cockroach and she like gets up and steps on it so that the boss won't see and then she like runs out of the room she's like oh i need to go get some wine and then she runs upstairs which is also funny because (laughs) why do you keep wine up there why um but she's doing it to change her shoe so she can get rid of the cockroach shoe and then when she comes back downstairs mr harrison is gone and she's like oh my god like the plan is ruined 
And then she goes into the kitchen, and it's like sitcom mode, and Mr. Harrison is chugging beer, and he's like loving it. He's like, wow, I'm finally one of the guys, and I'm so glad you invited me to your party and whatever. And Kevin's like, this is great. And like, in Kevin's world, in the world of the Kevin sitcom, this is the happy resolution of the episode. His boss loves the party, and everything's great. And he runs <laughs> off to the backyard with his... With his boss and these Tom Brady lookalikes. That was another plot point. They were, they were hiring yeah. Tom Brady lookalikes for their party. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's the sitcom plot happening, like, in the background of the real plot. Um, and then... Oh, and so then Allison's all alone now because... Mr. Harrison and everyone else is having a party. And she's, like, in the bathtub drinking wine and it's very much, like... The horror movie vibe, the like, she's trapped in this house and her life is terrible. And, and, uh, she goes downstairs and Kevin is like, the party has moved into the living room and Kevin's standing on the coffee table and he's like, we have big news. And Allison was like, oh, like, he's gonna tell everyone we're moving and like, finally, like, this is gonna happen. And then she gets up onto the coffee table with him and Kevin is like, Mr. Harrison has decided that I'm gonna be moving from cable to fiber optics, which means that we're gonna stay because I've moved up in my job. Even though they had a discussion earlier about the fact that whether he works, he really wants to work in fiber optics because he thinks it's more impressive than cable. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but it pays the same. And he's like, yeah, but it's prestige. So like, he's like, oh, I'm moving up in my job. But like, he's not even getting a pay increase. He's just, he's just switching departments. Yeah, he's just changing departments, but he's like, that's a good enough reason to stay, because obviously he doesn't want to leave. It also makes no sense, because there was no indication that moving to the new house meant he had to quit his job. Like, he's a cable guy. There's, like, there's no way they are moving far enough away that he cannot continue to do his job. I wasn't sure about that, because and I'm sure maybe it becomes clearer later, but in this episode, it wasn't clear if the place they were moving was just, like, a new house in the same town or a different town. Like, I, I was pretty clear they weren't moving to, like, another state or something because I feel like that would be a bigger deal. But I was like, maybe it's, like, the next town over or something? I, I don't know. That's interesting. I always assumed it was in the same town, especially mm -hmm. because, like, price is such a, like, concern for them. Mm -hmm. And also, I believe that the real estate agent says something about it being gated. So yeah. I assume there is a part of this city that's, like, the nice part of town, mm -hmm. which, if I had the sense it was a big enough city, like, if it was Calgary or something, yeah. there's a chance you are moving far enough away that you couldn't continue to be a cable guy at the same company. But also, it's a cable company. <laughs> as long as you're not moving out of the city, I think you're okay. Yeah. So I'm not sure if the, the implication of that was meant to be, like, there's no reason he couldn't move and change jobs. He's yeah. just being dumb. Or if, like, they were implied to be moving far enough away that he'd have to switch jobs. But it doesn't matter because the point of it is that without consulting her, he's decided that they're not moving. Which, to be slightly fair to him, she decided without consulting him that they were moving. <laughs> so he's kind of just doing the same thing to her. But... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's also the reason that I didn't think it was a different city, because deciding to move to a different city without your partner's consent is, like, a lot. Mm -hmm. Whereas you kind of get the sense as Allison's wanted to move for a very long time, and this mm -hmm. isn't the first time they've talked about it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like her, like, instigating we're moving for our anniversary is kind of like her being at the end of the line on that. Like, we're moving, yeah. we've discussed it, we're moving. 
Yeah. Right? Whereas I feel if they were moving to a different city, that becomes not okay. Yeah. Exactly, because until he had the thing about the cable company, I did assume it was within the same city, but then when he said the thing about the job, I was like, is it a different city? I think he's just being stupid. I also really love this moment, because there's, like, a second when he, like, pulls her up on the table where she thinks he's being a good husband. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a second where you can almost see that, like, she did marry this man because she loved him, Mm -hmm. or she at least had some feeling for him mm-hmm. when she married him and then he goes we're not moving she's like fuck you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there's like this moment that like when he says like come we have an announcement and she comes down the stairs and he's like it's the first time during this party that he's like reached out to her and been mm-hmm. like hey like this is our anniversary come make yeah. an announcement with me and yeah you see like this could be the resolution of the episode where like everything works out and like in the reality where this is a sitcom, this is Kevin's world, he, this is, he's reaching out and his, his, his boring wife is coming and being part of the party and everything's fine, but then obviously it's not. Mm-hmm. And also the table breaks, just adding insult to injury because she lost this table. The poor pottery um, barn table. Mm-hmm. So she like storms outside and then goes out and like punches the mailbox and she's just like, she's, in this entire episode is like, an inch away from having a breakdown, and she's like, this is not helping. And then um, Patty, who is their neighbor, Neil's sister, is, like, outside having a smoke and sees this, and is, like, kind of laughing at Allison and being like, oh, are you having a little tantrum out here? Um, and it's it's a really interesting scene because, like, you very much get the sense that, like, obviously Allison and Patty know each other well. Patty is clearly more Kevin's friend than Allison's, but also, like... They clearly, like, spend time together. Like, it's her neighbor, it's her husband's friend, and from Patty's point, because Patty also says, like, oh, like, you're being such a, you're being such a grump, like, don't you ever have fun? Like, isn't it, don't you ever, like, think about just, like, like, chilling out and relaxing? And from Patty's point of view, Allison is, like, her friend's kinda stuck-up wife, but, like, she doesn't hate her or anything. Um... And then they kind of have a little a heart-to-heart almost where, like... And also, like, the fact that Allison is willing to kind of dump this on Patty is, like, clearly she's not a stranger to her. It was a, it was an interesting dynamic, I thought. But they basically have a heart-to-heart where, like, Patty's basically saying, like, I'm fine with my life the way it is. I go to work. I come home. I watch a game with my friends. I go back to work. That's just what my life is. I've accepted it. And you just need to accept that that's what your life is going to be like, too, because that's just what life is like. And anyone trying to tell you differently is trying to sell you something. Um, (laughs) And Allison is like, aren't you? But is that like enough? Like, don't you feel like you could do more? And like, am I crazy for thinking that like I could do more with my life? And there's a moment where she's like, I just feel like. If I could move and start over and do everything right this time, then I'd be done. Like, I'd be, I wouldn't have to keep trying. And it was like, that's such a mood. I feel like (laughs) everyone has this idea, even if, like, you don't want to admit it to yourself, that, like, if you can just do a certain thing or get to a certain place in your life, then everything is good. And, like, okay, now I'm happy. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, even if you know intellectually that that's not true and that's not how life works, there's, like, this idea of, like, well, if I do this thing... If I go to this place or I get this job, then I'm done. Then, like, I'm happy and I don't have to keep, like, working towards this idea of being happy. And it was, like, 
such a good, I don't know, I thought that was such a good scene. I was like, yeah. I feel like everyone has felt that. And, like, you sympathize with Allison in that moment, but you also kind of, like, want to be on Patty's side because Patty is the one who's kind of like, you're, that's not how life works. Mm-hmm. You're fooling yourself. You know, you want to almost be Patty because at least Patty seems like she's cool with the way her life is. Yeah. Oh, and then, so then that scene happens and you're like, wow, like, it gets, and it's also interesting that scene because Patty is the only one who's really bridged this gap between the sitcom and the drama yeah. moments, other than Allison at this point, because I don't think there's any scenes with Kevin or Neil or the dad, at least in the first episode, where they're not in sitcom mode. It's always sitcom yeah. mode with them. But Patty, there's been a couple scenes before this too, um, where Patty's just like on her balcony and like sees Allison in passing. And then this scene where they have this conversation and you see Patty not being sitcom Patty. She's yeah. real life Patty, which was cool. Um, and then Patty also tells Allison that there's no money in their savings account, that uh, Kevin has been lying to her. He's used that money. Yeah. He never put, or he never put the money in there to begin with. And she doesn't have the money she needs and wants to buy this house. So she, even if, even if Kevin agreed, they can't move. They don't have the money. And that like breaks Allison. (laughs) I think, I think that's why I think the house is in the same city. Because I Mm -hmm. think to me, this reveal makes it very clear to me that Kevin is making up bullshit when he says, mm-hmm. I switched the fiber optic, so we're going to stay. Mm-hmm. Because what he means is, we don't have the money to move. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to tell her. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And this is also the moment where, like, yeah, Allison's like, I've been an idiot this whole time. And she goes, she, well, I would say break in. She doesn't break into the liquor store because she has a key. She works there. But she goes yeah. to the liquor store in the middle of the night, takes some alcohol. She's, like, wandering around the streets, getting drunk. There's this mechanic guy who, like, had flirted with her really creepishly at the beginning of the episode. And she goes to him. And, like, she gets high with him. And she's, like, telling him about how, like, everything that's going wrong in her life. And she's having this moment where she's telling him, like, I'm bad at driving. I've always been bad at driving. But now I'm starting to wonder, am I bad at driving? Or did Kevin just tell me I'm bad at driving because he wants to use the car? And then she kind of also had a a conversation like that with Patty where she said like, well, Kevin's always been in charge of the money because I'm bad at money. And it's like, are you bad at money? Or is Kevin wanted to control the finances? And uh, she's like having this kind of like, realization of things she didn't want to, like, admit to herself until now. Yeah, there's this really, like, gaslighty vibe to it, which Mm -hmm. I think, like, I think, I don't think it goes back to sitcom after this, but I feel like in the future, when you're in the sitcom, it almost makes the sitcom feel like the gaslighting. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about the sitcom where it's like, this is so great and bright and happy. And it's like, no, that's a lie. I know that's yeah. a lie. And that's Kevin telling that lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think it's interesting, too, that partly, obviously, it's Kevin. Kevin is not being a good person. But it's also partly almost the gaslighting of society Yeah, that tells Allison and tells Kevin that women aren't good at driving. Women aren't good with finances. Women aren't fun. Women like planning parties. There's a theme mm-hmm. throughout this that, like, he keeps being like, oh, you're going to plan this party, Allison, because you love planning parties. And she's like, yeah, I love planning parties. And it's like, 
she she doesn't love planning parties. Kevin just wants her to do it. But it's like partly him and partly it's just, it's the societal idea and they both agree on it because they're like, well, that's how it works. Yeah, it's this, it's actually a very interesting analysis of the classic sitcom life because mm-hmm. I feel like, and it is classic. Like, I think it's important to denote that this sitcom that we're watching isn't the modern sitcom mm-hmm. because in the modern sitcom, and I think Modern Family is a really good example of this, you do have someone who is, like, the nagging wife. Like, in Modern Family, that would be Claire. But Claire Mm -hmm. is allowed to be, like, a dynamic person. Claire is still allowed to have fun. Claire is allowed to override Phil without her coming off as, like, a buzzkill, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas, like, this is the classic sitcom where Mm -hmm. the wife is very much an object to... Mm -hmm prevent comedy so that they can do something comedic to get around her. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very interesting analysis of what that life would actually be. Like, it's trying to pull you and say, like, Allison's idealized life isn't even good, but Mm -hmm. this is what she knows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, too, like, it's it's very much... It is the the most epitome of a classic sitcom. Like, mm-hmm. obviously a real sitcom wouldn't be this simplistic and this, like, you know, absurd. Honestly, it's almost Cheers. Like, the level of sitcom this is, mm-hmm. is, like, this syndication isn't even an option for this sitcom. If you just kept watching this sitcom, like, day to day, you would be like, what is this? Yeah, it's it's nothing. But it's also, I think... Because they're going to that extreme with it, it's mm-hmm. it's showing those underlying things that people just don't even question. Absolutely. About about women, about heterosexual relationships, about expectations that like if if you had all of those things in a sitcom, it would be absurd. But if you have a few of those things, people are just like, that's just how it is. Exactly. Of course the wife wants to plan the anniversary party. Of course, whatever, whatever. And and you don't even question it because societally people have gaslit themselves into thinking that that's just how things are, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think think in this episode, it's the juxtaposition that's getting you that Allison isn't happy in those scenes. Mm-hmm. But as the show goes on, you get more of what I like to think of as real Allison mm-hmm. bleeding into the sitcom scenes, whereas mm-hmm. sometimes she says something quippy that like is a joke but her Mm -hmm. tone is less sitcom like her tone comes across like she's actually saying go fuck yourself Mm -hmm. which i think is really good and it's really well done the way this show like kind of starts to blur those edges a bit yeah i'm i'm curious about that because so the last kind of main scene in this after she gets drunk and high with this guy and whatever, talks about her problems. She goes home and it does go back to the sitcom because the last scene is Kevin being like, I have a surprise for you. And so Mm -hmm. it's the next morning. She's been out all night and he's like, I have a surprise for you. And they go into the kitchen and his surprise is because at the beginning she said like, instead of having this rager party, we should have like a a grown up dinner for our anniversary. And so he has set up a grown up dinner for her, which is he set the table in the kitchen. He has his dad playing a guitar or something. He has Neil dressed as a waiter and Patty's just there, I guess, to let Allison in. Um, And Kevin's like, we're having a grown-up dinner for breakfast, just like you wanted. Um, And then Neil makes a quip about like, 
since it's dinner for breakfast, we can have beer, right? And Kevin's like, haha, yeah, Allison, go grab a beer. So Allison, barely holding it in now, even though it's a sitcom scene, you can see that she's barely holding it together, goes to the fridge, grabs a mug, the same like glass mug we've seen yeah. several times throughout the episode, pours a beer, and it's like a recreation of the seat, her perfect image of like 50s housewife pouring the beer, but she pours it, and then it goes. In the sitcom scene, it suddenly switches to, like, horror movie mode. She smashes the glass. She stabs Kevin in the neck, <laughs> bleeding out. And she's just, like, I think she smiles or at least, like, yeah. looks happy about what has happened. And I was watching this, like, this is going to be a dream sequence. There's no way to end the episode with her actually stabbing him. And then we come <laughs> back to sitcom mode. And it was a dream sequence, but not entirely, because she did smash the glass. Mm-hmm. And, there, and, and even though she didn't stab him and kill him... She did break the rules of the sitcom world by not just being the cheery wife and pouring glass. She broke this glass and they're all staring at her and she's bleeding from her hand just like at the beginning of the episode. And they're all like, oh my God, like you broke the glass. What happened? Or like, and she's like, oh, it's fine. I'll just go clean up. And like, she leaves the room. And even though she didn't like do something totally crazy, she, this is the first time she really like breaks, like I said, like breaks the rules of the yeah. sitcom world. And she leaves the room. And she's still holding this glass shard from the glass and she like puts it in her pocket like to keep it. And that's where the episode ends. And it's, it was like such a good, like chilling way to end it. That makes you so like curious about where it's going to go next. And yeah, I think think that's the last thing in in the episode, but that's where it ends. The thing about this, like, dinner for breakfast thing is this would be so, so cute if Kevin actually had cooked something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this- yeah, that's the other thing. He says that she's going to have to cook it. Yeah, he's like, I'm so excited to see what you're going to cook. I was like, babe, if you had ordered food, this would have been so cute. This would have been a good apology. Like, this would have been, like, mm-hmm. such a clear apology of you wanted this. I didn't listen to you, but I'm doing it now. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't cook the food. And I think that's that's the other thing with, like, it being the last sitcom moment we yeah. have is her leaving the room as he says, looking forward to the dinner, can't wait to see what you cook. That, like, in a sitcom, like, yeah, that would be an asshole move. But it would be, like, the quippy joke that ends the episode, right? It's like, haha. Absolutely. But it's not the end of the episode because she leaves and she pockets the glass and that's where it ends. And him being an asshole at the end of the episode isn't the quippy funny ending. It's the fuck you, dude. Something's coming for you ending. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we talked a lot during this, which I think is good. (laughs) But what what did you think? What was your overall impression of the show? Um, I thought it was a super cool concept. Loved how it was shot. Loved this deconstruction of societal expectations. Everything we've talked about in this episode. Yeah. I am really curious where it's going to go. I do have the same issue I've had with a few of the shows we've watched where I don't know how they're going to keep this up for many episodes and many seasons. They might do it really well, but like my impression I got from this episode, I was like, can they keep up this interesting premise and this tension without it getting old? Maybe they can, but it felt a little like it's, it's, I wouldn't call it a gimmicky show, but it's kind of a gimmick and I don't know... I don't know. I have a hard time imagining how they're going to continue it for a long time. Okay. Well, I will let you know that its second season is going to be its last season. 
Okay. And I yeah. think the first season only has eight or ten episodes. So okay. it is by no means going to be a long show. And I totally agree with you. I don't think they could keep it up. And I think that's mm-hmm. why they're planning the ending so soon. They know mm-hmm. this show, like, it's not a miniseries because it's not short enough. But yeah. it has the vibe of this is contained, this is plotted, we're ending it. Okay, then that gives, that that's good. Because I was thinking about it and I didn't want to say this should be a movie because it wouldn't work as a movie because the yeah. whole concept is they're parodying a show. So you couldn't really do it as a movie, it wouldn't work the same way. But I was like, it won't really work for a long show because I, I feel like it would just get too gimmicky. But if it's just a two season short season show, I feel like that actually, like, that that seems like the best way they could do it. Yeah. So, yes, I liked it. <laughs> so, would you watch more of it? I think I would. I'm really curious. I think more than anything we've watched so far, I am curious to see where this goes. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on where you think this show goes? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, there's a few things I think will happen. I think that she will either have an affair with Sam or almost have an affair with Sam. Like, there's definitely something that's going to go down there. Um... I, I don't think she's going to murder Kevin. <laughs> there was a part of me that did think the episode was going to end with her murdering Kevin and then it was going to be a very different show. But the fact <laughs> that it didn't end the first episode with that seems like that would be a wild thing to happen partway through the show. But maybe if they lean more into this like horror vibe that you sometimes get, she might or she might think about it or she might start planning a way to kill him? I don't know. Maybe? Um, I think we're gonna get a lot more from Patty. I think that that relationship between Patty and Allison is gonna be interesting, because it was already interesting in the pilot. Um, and I feel like either Kevin is going to be, not become a worse person, I don't think he'll necessarily change, but either be shown to be even worse than he was in this episode, or he will get some character development and will get better. I feel like it has to be one or the other. I feel like if he just stays like he was in this pilot, I feel like he's either going to get worse or better, if that makes sense. Okay. So I feel like something is going to happen with his character development. Unless he gets murdered. <laughs> he's just dead. <laughs> the um, character development of dying. And I, and I don't know what the pl- through line is going to be, because... The through line of this episode was like, she wants to move. She wants a new house. But I feel like it that can't be the whole plot of every... Like, she just keeps wanting yeah. a new house. So there's <laughs> something else she's working towards. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe just trying to, like, improve her life. Because she talks about going back to school and stuff. But I feel like there's going to be something. Okay. Either murder or something else that she starts to be, like, her main goal. But I don't know exactly what that would be. Can I can I tell you what her main goal is? Sure. It's just, so the overarching plot of season one, you're entirely correct, is her planning Kevin's murder. Okay. <laughs> Which I do think this episode does a really good job of, like, foreshadowing in that mm-hmm. last moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the overarching... I think, I think you're very uh, are accurate mm-hmm. in... Like, what you think happens and how it goes. And I don't want to say a lot, but, like, yeah, yeah, the overarching plot is that she decides to murder Kevin. (laughs) And there is a lot of talk in the episode of, like, 
why don't, not just an episode, but, like, a little bit of, why don't you just divorce him? Mm-hmm. Right? And, yeah. But yeah. also, can she afford that? Yeah. I feel like that's also going to go into an interesting territory of, like, in this episode, she was very sympathetic. Like, yeah. you were on her side. I'm very curious how where that's going to go, because to a certain extent... Yes, she, her, Kevin sucks, but I feel like because it's not a comedy, there are parts that are comedic, but I don't think it's entirely a comedy. It's like, can you watch a show that's not a comedy sympathizing with someone whose goal is to murder someone unless that person (laughs) is truly evil, which in this episode we have not gotten the sense that Kevin is evil. He's just very incompetent and kind of an asshole. So it's like... Are you meant to sympathize with her? I don't know. I'd have to see how they present it. But that's very interesting to go from, like, this is about sympathizing with her to, like, she's a murderer? Which is very interesting. But who do you sympathize with that in that situation? I don't know. I'd I'd love to find out. It's very obvious to me that you don't watch a lot of dramas, because there are a lot of dramas where the main plot is the main character wants to kill someone, and the intent of the drama is to be on that person's side. Like... I do not watch a lot of dramas. (laughs) But what I'm saying is I don't think it's a new concept for a drama to keep you on someone's side when their main Uh goal is murder. Like, I think dramas are very good at that. And I think this show is very good at that. I'm curious to see that because I, I totally agree that that's a thing. And, like, to be fair, not so much children's cartoons, but, like, animes and stuff. Like, that's not an unheard of thing, but... To be fair, most of the type of genres that I watch is more, like, yeah. fantasy, adventure, where, like, the person you want to murder is, like, an evil dictator or something. Or, like, you know, like, an yeah. evil guy. Um, so the idea of it just being, like, another person. And so I'm curious, and, and I have watched some drama, and, like, I don't really like dramas, because I don't sympathize with the characters, because they're just <laughs> awful people, usually. But I did sympathize with her in this episode, and I... I'm curious to see if I, as someone who doesn't really like dramas, would continue to sympathize with her, or if, even with the interesting premise, it would get to a point where I'm like, everybody sucks here and I don't care anymore. I don't know. I'm curious to see that. I I am really curious because, and I'm not caught up on the show, Mm -hmm. but I am really curious because... You've talked about how Patty, like, crosses over between the two worlds. Mm -hmm. There's a point in the show where you get Neil crossing over. Mm -hmm. I really want, like, and I think it has to be the last episode, the way the show is set up, Mm -hmm. but I want Kevin crossing over. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to see Kevin from Allison's point of view, because Mm -hmm. there is a certain level of this show where, because I don't think Kevin does get a lot of character development. So there's a certain level of the show where I do not believe that the person the audience sees as Kevin is who Kevin is. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a part of me that feels like if the camera switches on Kevin, you're gonna fucking hate him. Yeah. And I I feel like that's why the camera doesn't switch on him. Like, I feel like something about him, if you switch it, you're immediately gonna be like... I cannot stand this man. Yeah, I I would be very curious to do that too. And I think that's the strength of what would make me continue to watch this show over other dramas Mm -hmm. is just that, that added layer of like, not only is this like a interesting way of like making a commentary on 
sitcoms on societal expectations. I like things that are kind of mind bendy and kind yeah. of unreality and kind of like what is real. And that and that is partly what this show is, is is the comedy of the sitcom scenes, but also the like what is real? What is actually happening? And what is a lie being told to the audience? And what is Allison lying to herself? Like, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I even think like, the thing I like about the sitcom is a lot of the drama. And I think this is obvious from your description, because your description was very like, oh, this happens, this happens. A lot of the drama of the show is the type of drama that is very just real world things happening, mm. especially in this episode. And I feel like when your show is like, the show isn't quite an hour. I think it's only like 45 minutes. Yeah. When your show is that long and that is the entire show, that is the kind of drama I struggle to watch mm -hmm. because there's not a lot happening. But the sitcom in this is like, Oh, I'm watching a sitcom. Like, mm -hmm. the thing that works for the show about me is how it's shot. I think it's it's really well done. It's really interesting. Yeah. And I'm really glad you liked it. Yeah. I think it's cool. I, I'm very intrigued by it. I think it's a super cool concept. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to ask you the ship question because I really feel like there aren't ships in the show. My crack, do you want to hear my crack ship Absolutely. episode one that I don't actually want to happen, but like in a crack shipy way? Yeah. Allison and Patty. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. Uh, <laughs> Patty does get a girlfriend. Oh, hell yeah. But I just think the way the show is shot, it's not shippy. I'm sure people do ship mm -hmm. them, but I don't feel mm -hmm. like that's like the point of the show. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, I wouldn't want the plot to go to a place where it's like, Allison and Patty fall in love. I'm like, that's not what this show is about. Exactly. That would be weird. It's the same thing with, like, Sam. Like, yeah. you can ship Allison and Sam, but I I feel like that's so, like, side plot that... Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's nothing. Uh, you can't guess my favorite character. Is it Allison? It is Allison. Okay. And I feel like Allison almost... Like, I feel like it's hard for this show because Allison is so central to this show's mm -hmm. concept because mm -hmm. the thing of the show is how her point of view switches the show. Yeah. That if you didn't like her, you would be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. But I do feel like she is kind of the quintessential, like, whiny white girl protagonist that everyone <laughs> hates and I love. <laughs> But I really do like Allison. I think she's very interesting. I mm -hmm. think I relate to her concept of, like, if I just do this, it'll get better. If I do mm -hmm. this, it'll get better. Of this idea that, like, she doesn't want to fuck up her life. Mm -hmm. She understands that from an outside perspective, everyone thinks her life is good. Mm -hmm. And I almost think, like, she never says this, but I think think that's a part of her resistance to getting a divorce too is the idea mm -hmm. that like divorcing your husband and breaking up this life everyone else thinks is good mm -hmm. is much worse from a societal standard than if he died 
Not yeah. if she murdered him, but if he yeah. died. <laughs> if he happened to die and no one knew and they thought it was an accident, yes. <laughs> exactly. Like, if he had a heart attack, that would be a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Like, her mm-hmm. life would be bad. But it wouldn't be her breaking up a life that society thinks is actually very good. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah, I just find her really interesting. I think I think she's a really strong character for this narrative. Uh-huh. And... I think the way, like, plotting the murder goes is, like, because I feel like when I say that, I make her sound like she's like, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to do it, like, fuck mm-hmm. him. It's not that. Yeah. Like, it's it's the only way she can see to get out of the situation. It is not yeah. necessarily something she wants with her whole heart. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And like I said, like, I really got the sense that there was, like, those three different modes. Mm -hmm. The sitcom, the regular drama, and the, like, horror. Yeah. That mostly just happens when she's in the house. And I think that there's very much the sense of her feeling literally trapped. Oh, yeah. In her house, in her situation. And that, like, yeah, that she feels like the only way to get out is to do something drastic, like, yeah. kill him. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not like, ooh, I'm gonna plan a murder. It's like, I am a prisoner <laughs> in this situation. Absolutely. It's almost like she replaced the idea of a new house because it's been taken away with her with mm-hmm. the idea of, if I didn't have a husband, my life would be mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I really like Allison. Um, mm-hmm. And then I gave away canon queers. <laughs> That's cool. I liked Patty. I mean, like, obviously, she's part of the sitcom world, and even when she's in the real world, she's not being that nice to Allison. Yeah. But, like, I did think she was really interesting. And I think it's interesting, too, that she's the role of... She's a woman Mm -hmm. in the sitcom world where Allison is being treated... I don't want to say treated poorly, but is being treated as, like, the object because she's the wife, because she's the woman... And even though Patty is playing a different role, I think Patty is almost, she's the character in a sitcom who's like the token girl, the token woman in a friend of, group of yeah. guys. And I think that's a really interesting role to explore, explore too. And I hope and suspect that we'll get some exploration of that role from Patty, which is a different role from the like nagging wife, but is also like a weird It's a weird role. place to be. Mm-hmm. So that was really interesting to me. Yeah, and I definitely think the show does explore this idea that, like... And I think that's a really good... Like, I think you've really nailed what Patty's role is. Like, mm-hmm. until you said that, I wasn't quite sure, but I totally agree. She's that token girl in the group of guys mm-hmm. that you get on those sitcoms. I think it's weird because those sitcoms usually don't have a wife, and I think that's why mm-hmm. I I wasn't getting there, but you're totally right. Because she almost doesn't have to represent all of womanhood in the way that those other characters do. Because I think that Patty almost gets to have a little more freedom because Allison is there. And Mm -hmm. I think even that is explored. Because Patty does have this thing where she's like, I act the way I do because they're my friends and this is how I fit into that role. Mm -hmm. But as that role, you can't be a lesbian. Like, Mm, mm -hmm. that's... I don't think Patty's a lesbian. I think she's probably bi or something. But they don't really tell you. But... (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, I do think Patty has a little more freedom because of that, but Patty and Allison do have a very interesting dynamic there. Yeah, and I think it's that idea, too, of, like, a woman being treated as this, like, object, this wife who's barely a person, Yeah. by another woman because Patty's role is to be friends with the guys. Absolutely. So she also treats Allison the way the guys do. It's really, I think it's really interesting. I'm very intrigued by Patty. Yeah, she's cool. And I think, yeah, I think, because you get Patty crossing over right away, so Patty becomes a fuller person right away. Mm Because that's the other thing about it being a very classic, classic sitcom. The reason Kevin doesn't have character development is because Mm -hmm. the level of sitcom he's in is -hmm. the level of sitcom that you would have watched just because it was on. Yeah. Like, no one was watching that weekly. It was on. You caught it if you caught it. If you missed an episode, it wasn't the end of the world, even if it was your Mm -hmm. favorite show. Like, it wouldn't do anything. Um, So you get a lot of character development from Patty, and then when Neil crosses over, you get a lot of development from Neil, because Mm -hmm. Neil is the stupid friend in a sitcom, Mm -hmm. and he is... Nothing, if not that, for, like, eight episodes until he finally hits the drama, and you're like, wait, this is a real person? That's so... That's such an interesting... I love that. I love that concept. It's it's such a vibe. It's very good. It's very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really glad we talked about this show. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. I think this is very cool. I'm glad I, I picked filmed weirdly <laughs> the, the show we should watch because it's that but it's also exploring things in a weird cool way which yeah I love. totally so we should wrap this up do you want to yes. tell me what i will be watching in the next episode Yes, okay. I almost feel like now I should go with something that's like a deconstruction of a genre or something. Do it. This. What's a deconstruction um, of a cartoon genre? I oh love my that. god. Do I have one off the top of my head? Don't really have one. I'm sure they exist. I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> that's fair. So I'll just go with what I was originally going to say we should watch. Um, I think it's time, since uh, over a year ago we watched Avatar The Last Airbender, Time to watch the sequel series, which is The Legend of Korra. Okay. And I already know the canon queers, so. And you already know the canon queers, so that's one question answered. I'm, I, I'll win this one. I feel like it's trivia. <laughs> is this, are we counting points? <laughs> if I feel like our points are actually, can we get the other person to watch the show? That's true. So you did get a point on this episode. <laughs> I did get a point on this episode, but I kind of thought this episode might be a gimme the way that, like, <laughs> You really liked Killing Eve. Yes. Because Killing Eve is a well-done show. Uh Whereas I feel like if Killing Eve wasn't well done, if I gave you that concept as a show, I don't think you would watch it. No, that's very true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So thank you all for listening to our very long discussion of the show. (laughs) I hope you liked it. It was a really interesting show to discuss. I hope you didn't mind that we went on for so long. Yeah, I I think it's a cool concept. You should send us all of your opinions on sitcom roles and how this show exploits them, because I think it's really mm-hmm. cool, and I want to hear what you think. And if you're going to send those to us, you can email us at episodeepiphanies at gmail.com. You can tweet at us 
and you can follow our Instagram at epiphaniespod, and you can use the hashtag epiphaniespod, or episode epiphanies, we check them both, we use them both, (laughs) we're a mess. We don't know what we're doing. That's very true, but (laughs) you know what you're doing, (laughs) because you are smarter than both of us combined. It's true. Bye. Bye. Okay, uh, do you have any clock- getting clocks? <laughs> Why did I start saying clocks? <laughs> do you have any clocks? It's because we've been doing this for almost an hour and you're like, oh, it's getting so long, check the clock. <laughs>